Bro, I be telling you, bro, she spray, spray gas on the stage. She hella funny, bro. Stephanie, Stephanie, Stephanie Foster. Catch her on the stage, yeah, you know she's a monster. Hair done, nails did, always looking so proper. She the real deal like some homemade pasta. Everywhere she goes, she flow like the water. And she's too hot for y'all, unlike your mama. Always cool, no need for drama. She spit straight gas like a petrol llama. Straight gas like a petrol llama. Telling you, bro, she spits spray gas on the stage. She hella funny, bro. Stephanie, Stephanie, Stephanie Foster. Catch her on the stage, yeah, you know she's a monster. Hair done, nails did, always looking so proper. She the real deal, like some homemade pasta. Everywhere she goes, she flow like the water, and she's too hot for y'all, unlike your mama. Always cool, no need for drama. She spits straight gas like a petrol llama. Straight gas like a petrol llama. Straight gas like a petrol. Happy Friday, everyone! Welcome to the second episode. Got so much love for Jess last week, and this week you will meet my friend Pash. He is amazing. One thing to note, he is a very thoughtful human being, so he pauses from time to time. Don't worry, the podcast is still going. He's just thinking, um, but he's lovely and wonderful, and we have a really sweet conversation and laugh along the way. I hope you enjoy it. Okay, bye! Hey guys, this is the second episode of Petrol Llama. Today I have my dear friend Pash on the show. Um, last week we had someone that was a friend of mine from middle school and high school. And this time we have someone who's been friends with me for less than a year. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Pash, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Excited Absolutely. to be here. Absolutely. Um, will you tell everyone how we know each other without using company names? <laughs> <laughs> well, I worked with a friend of yours and uh, that friend of mine left the company and recommended that I contact or get in contact with you because you had just joined, I think. Yeah. Um, so I, uh, I shot you a, no a note within our internal communications and we had a a little coffee break and you cracked me up for <laughs> 45 minutes and after that meeting i think i kind of you know harassed you it was like that was awesome let's hang out again <laughs> what a chat you're so funny um and i think that's how it started yeah honestly i get so i get so much social anxiety when i'm one-on-one -on -one with a person that i don't know of course i don't have all of these things in my back pocket to be like oh how's the wife how's the kids <laughs> you know and so i was like i was so nervous before that coffee i'm like oh god what if i like can't keep conversation what if I mean you were on a roll, if I remember correctly. I just sat there and I was like, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, that's hilarious. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, it's amazing. Someone was asking me who I'm interviewing this week, and I was like, Oh, this is my love coach. <laughs> Here I am. Here I am, man. We need to everyone needs a love coach. Yeah. Everyone needs a love coach. Um as you know new co-workers do in our first conversation i told you that i randomly went up to a guy at a bar i thought was cute and gave him my number and i remember you lost your mind <laughs> i swear to god pash jumps out of his chair and starts uh. like you know like storm walking like no, you did it. No, you did. <laughs> and then he like, I was like, Oh, shit, I'm never gonna do this again. And then he sat down. And he was like, we need more of this. Yeah. Why do we need more of this? Well, you honestly, I was I was excited to hear. I was excited to hear about someone 
taking a chance on a relationship. I was deciding to hear about someone, specifically a woman, um, taking control over that type of exchange, which in society is like, can be really weird and awkward. And I thought it was a one, a courageous thing to do. Two, I thought you'd probably be really successful <laughs> with, with that approach. And it was just exciting to hear about people um, taking a chance on themselves. You know, I've, I've been married for years. I've been with my wife for a really long time. So I'm out of that game, you know? <laughs> but I just like love to watch over the fence and see how players are doing. <laughs> um, spoiler alert, he never called. Uh <laughs> spoiler alert, his loss. <laughs> <laughs> but I will say that Pash gave me a homework assignment and it was, I had to give my number to every man I saw in public that I thought was attractive. And so for those of you who live in the Bay Area, I happened to be on the BART and I saw someone attractive, which is a, like real coincidence. <laughs> I mean, the bard is where dreams come true. <laughs> he found love in a hopeless place. Um, so I, I ended up like giving my, my number to this guy on Bart and um, he happened to be like really good friends with a lot of my friends. And we dated for a little bit and over quarantine, he came to LA and stayed with me for a few weeks. And like, I still love him to death. He's now one of my closest guy friends. Um, so I think like, long story short, your advice did work. But now I know. Well, you're married with kids, so, you know. Sure. Like. I won once. Over every day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like concerning what we were talking about, you know, my larger point was um, try, see what happens, but also try in a way that that keeps you, specifically you as the person in control. You know what we had talked about? Mm -hmm. Just like uh, the 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 dating scene in our society as we know is just like so weighted in the patriarchy that it's just like laughable and disgusting and any opportunity in which women can take control and main, maintain control i'm all for it i'm all for it and in this specific instance in relationship to you and what you were talking about you getting out there and 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 being courageous and making connections i just wanted to root you on i thought it was just it was really exciting and so it was all it was all out of out of love and support and thankfully it worked out yeah i would definitely yeah. say it worked out i'm definitely one of the, a big believer in like a relationship does not have to last forever to be great you know and Correct. get something positive from it and all of those things. I mean, I don't know that the, how long have you and your wife been married? It's a great question. Um, <laughs> what year are we in this podcast? What year are we in for in 2011? Uh, 10 years, 10 years. That would be 10. Yeah. 10 years. Yeah. Uh, but we've been together for 17. Shut up. Oh, maybe more than that. A while. Oh, yeah. <laughs> a long, long time. No. Yeah. Um, how did you guys meet? <laughs> uh, we met in college. We met freshman year in college. Um, and uh, the story goes, I, I played soccer. We were actually both soccer players. But I, it was during tryouts for for the team, and it was after one of the practices. And I was walking through the uh, walking through the athletic facility, and athletic facility, the gym. <laughs> <laughs> I was walking through the gym, and she was coming in the other direction, and she gave me the biggest smile I have ever received from any woman in my whole life. Um, and I just remembered it. I was like, oh, that's cool. I mean, this is after practice. So like, I'm not thinking about anything aside from where's the ice and I'd like yeah. some Gatorade. Um, and then fast forward two, three months later, I saw her at a, at a party. We went to a small liberal arts school on the East Coast. 
and I saw her at a party and I remembered that smile and I knew one of her friends and I motioned to her friend and I said, whomever that person is, I need to talk to her immediately. And I kid you not, I've followed my wife around ever since. <laughs> yeah, my God. It worked out. Incredible. How many um, people and animals are living in your home right now? Oh, that I know of. Um, <laughs> we, have, we have two wonderful children. So mm -hmm. we have a seven-year-old daughter. Her name is Amel and a two-and-a-half-year-old son, Mayfield. Um, no pets, though I love dogs. Yeah. The rest of my family is kind of hit or miss on them. Um, but yeah, that's it. Cool. I've had, I've personally had pets in my lifetime, but. Oh my God, brag about it. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, I need to make that uppercase B a lowercase B because I had a fish in college. <laughs> uh. <laughs> that does not count unless you can hold no. it. It doesn't count. It was alive. Oh. I had to take care of it. And, oh, that's it. <laughs> For a fish you feed it like once a week whoa you change the water you make sure How the ph levels are right oh i change it every week you may have had to do it more frequently than that because it was in a small you know kind of glass container i didn't have a fancy this is college i didn't have a fancy <laughs> fish tank or anything um so I, yeah at a fish i had a hamster we we had a hamster at one point didn't last that long yeah. um, maybe it was a guinea pig they all seemed the same to me what was the fish um, name blue wow how creative oh my oh i mean yes i you know i could have <laughs> could have tried just a little <laughs> what's hilarious that i think the fish was actually like purple but i called it blue okay. i don't know this is i mean the college the, the choices we make <laughs> i love that the name of your fish is the choice you regret from <laughs> I wish we could switch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. What uh, was the name of the hamster? <sighs> Peanut butter. OK, did you have it was a, It was a guinea pig. Did you have pig. kids when you had him? No, no, no. This was when I was in uh, elementary school. Oh. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And, and, and honestly, I think it. <laughs> There's like a, a lot of years of my life that I just completely forget. I think it was a gift from someone and the animal existed in our house for a couple of weeks and then very quickly passed away because we were not hamster people. <laughs> and I think I fed it alfalfa every single day. And I think alfalfa is one of those treats that you're supposed to give a hamster like once a year. Yeah. Or something. Yeah, that wasn't... I mean, the hamster went out, went out like with treats. So <laughs> went out like there were, <laughs> <laughs> there were worse ways, but yeah. Gosh, I haven't thought about that in such a long time. I grew up in a household where we had all kinds of pets and I'm talking like we had a baby alligator at one point. Wow. Yeah. Where did one get a baby alligator? You know, um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure some deep, deep special place in Texas. Um, yeah. I love it. Noted. Yeah. What was the alligator's name? I don't remember. He did not last long because he got out and my mom got up in the middle of the night to get some water and he was in the middle of the kitchen and hissed at her. And then the alligator. Oh, <laughs> you just you just stated that there was an alligator in the middle of the kitchen, as if there was a sock on the floor, and it was a natural occurrence in the household. There was an alligator in the kitchen. Yeah, so we had this like weird atrium thing in the middle of our house. So he was supposed to chill there, mm -hmm. but somehow he got out of said atrium, and he was in the middle of the kitchen floor, and. I mean, the way that my mom tells the story is like, it literally took her two steps to get from the kitchen to on top of the couch. <laughs> we and call that flying. Yeah. It was so crazy. Like it just went away after that. Yeah. Oh, I believe it. I believe it.
Uh-huh. Yeah. We had like a ton of fish, dogs, cats. Oh, and so my dad worked on a farm when we were little mm-hmm. and um, one of the baby calves was sick. And so they brought it home and it was in our backyard for a while. And so my brother and I did something stupid. And my mom was like, you guys are grounded till the cows come home. And then pulled the blinds to show that there was a cow in the bag. And then her and my dad proceeded to laugh for 45 minutes straight. I mean, what I took from that story is you weren't grounded. Exactly. Loving that for us. Yeah. <laughs> That's where you get your humor from. I dig it. Okay. Yeah, I definitely get my humor from my parents. <laughs> uh, Ooh, yeah. Um, so 2020 is over, which is tight. Uh-huh. 2021 is trying to play catch up already. Uh-huh. Um, what would you say is the best thing that happened because of 2020 versus looking at the bad parts? Mm, that's a wonderful question. It's, actually, it's, it's one I think about often. Um, and I think there were a lot of things because I'm one of those people who thinks that there are two sides to everything. So with the extreme Uh, climate turmoil, social turmoil, political turmoil, economic turmoil. Um, There is also a a resetting of what is important, you know, as corny as that may sound, I think there are a few times in which the world is suffering from the same thing at the same time. You know, this was a this was if we're talking about COVID specifically, it was a global pandemic, which forced, for the most part, the whole world to change their lifestyle, address things accordingly, and in that, there's just a collective, there is a collective experience that only few times we've had that, a few times in my lifetime we've had that, you know, aside yeah. from world wars or or larger things, and because of that collective experience. I feel like it forced people to really reassess their, huh, let me be, let me be specific. Those with means, those <laughs> with time, those of us who, and, and I think it's an important caveat, those of us who have the ability to reflect and reassess, it really forced us to do that. And granted, I'm sure plenty of people, even those without means reassessed and really thought about like what position they were in and how they were being affected by the world around them. But for me being at home, working from home, having the children at home was really, really challenging, but also really special. And every day I had to remind myself that like, (laughs) I am being terribly inconvenienced by this, but I'm not suffering. Yeah. And there were plenty of people who were suffering. I was not suffering. It was annoying, but I was not suffering. What's Uh, the wildest thing your kids have done while you've been working? (laughs) It just depends on what your definition of wild. Because like I've had, I've had a male like you know working at my feet or like throw things, like start a yelling fit during a call, and it's just kind of like, oh, like this is my life. You know, <laughs> like you kind of have to. What are you gonna um, do? Hire me? <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Send me home. I'm already there. <laughs> um, but I will say they are. Uh, kids are kids are adaptable and kids are and, and and kids are built for survival and i think very quickly they understood the new situation that all of us were experiencing you know they weren't going to school um they weren't seeing friends they were at home and they understood that my wife and i we have to work they understood mel understood that she had zoom class and there was just a gained respect and just new behavior which is which is incredible. And I'm grateful for that. And I, and I can't assume that that happened across the board for all people or all families, but our children definitely um, adapted to the, just the craziness. That's uh, that interesting to think about too, that you like, I always saw my parents go to work, but I never saw them work. Sure. You know? Sure. And I feel like that would be a huge difference in in seeing that, right? Like 
you know, especially the actual physicality of going to and from work and leaving work at work and yep. that kind of thing, like seeing your parents get annoyed with coworkers, I think would be an interesting dynamic to witness as a young little guy. It's, I think you're exactly right. I've been asked really insightful questions by ML, um, you know, about like what I do or why'd you look like that in that meeting or what were you talking about and it's really interesting because there have been times where I explained something to her and she says well dad like that doesn't make sense and I go you're right <laughs> like you're exactly right like I actually need to think about that you know um or why'd you do this that that way like that seems like so I've been I've really appreciated their perspectives. I mean, Mayfield's two and a half, so his perspectives are like in a very small realm. Yeah. I need that dad, I don't need that. Now he's getting into arguing, which is great. Oh, cute. Um, you know, it's always good to work on communication. But yeah, it is, uh, I'm really grateful for the time we've had together as challenging as it has been because I've got to see them grow up. Yeah. Literally. Um, yeah. Over this past year, and to your point, but prior to that, I'm out in the morning, right? Everyone kind of goes in there to their designated area. <laughs> the, the day we all come back, we eat a bit, you know, we say hi, we crack jokes, and then we sleep <laughs> yeah. for hours. So it's been nice to to be present. When you're uh, teaching your kids how to communicate, what are like some of the things that you make sure and hone in on? Um, <laughs> clarity. I'm actually, I am fine with emotion. I think emotion is really important. In fact, I have learned to work with my emotion and be more emotion forward. So what I really try, what we really try to model for them is clarity of communication. If you're frustrated, like you can cry or you can say, I'm frustrated about this thing that you've done and see where it takes you. And what it's created in our daughter is someone who is very, very clear about her emotions <laughs> and also very, very clear when we have transgressed and it happens frequently. And there's nothing, there's nothing funnier, more endearing and also more truthful than when a seven-year-old is like, daddy, you said I could have some ice cream in five minutes and it's been exactly six minutes and you lied. So it would be great if you could get me some ice cream or do you wanna be a liar for the rest of the day? <laughs> um, she makes a point, she makes a point. Dang. Um, it's a factual statement. And so do you typically get the ice cream at that point? Yeah. You want to be a liar for the rest of the day. No, I, I usually get the ice cream. Uh, yeah. The uh, <laughs> uh, children are fantastic negotiators. They are, they are fantastic negotiators. So, um, yeah, I'm, I bet there's ice cream in her room under her bed right now. I don't <laughs> under know. Under her bed? Yeah, why not? <laughs> mainly because it melts but other than that <laughs> you think we're worrying about melting ice cream in this house <laughs> i have children like <laughs> i like, think that's my biggest problem melting ice cream please please like that's wasted ice cream though <laughs> i mean i love that too i love it um ice cream is my vice right now what's yours uh, so is vice something that's like, can you define vice? Sure. So it's just kind of what you use to handle situations. It can, it doesn't have to be like inherently negative or legal or <laughs> <laughs> only if you want it to be. <laughs> um, no, seriously. Well, ginger ale has always been my vice. Really? Um, what about it? Yeah, so sensational. Um, 
I, I, I just like it. Like, I don't drink it often, but if, I, if Pash is celebrating, he's having ginger ale. Um, other vices. It's interesting because I, since I've gotten sober, I always drink sparkling drinks, mm. like sparkling water. Yeah. Flavored sparkling water. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I wonder what it is. I guess it is just like the experience, if you will, for lack of a better term. Sure. The mouthfeel, like. Well, it's also as someone who doesn't drink alcohol, you know, there's a. Uh, I kept asking my wife, like, so why do people drink all this, like, sparkling water, right? All the brands out there. It's like, what is about that? Yeah. I'm always like, it tastes so sour. Like, there's no sugar in this. And she's like, I know, that's the whole point. She's like, yeah, but like for those of us who drink alcohol or beer, like it, there's a relationship. I was like, oh, huh. Um, but I'm not a, what's my point, Pash? My point is like, I like ginger ale. It's sweet and it has bubbles. I guess that, that's that's my vice. Okay. I've picked up other pastimes though. Such as? Um, such as gardening. <gasps> Cute. Yeah, huge. Are you doing that right now? Huge. Uh, as in right now? No. Well. Uh, as, in, <laughs> as in this week? Oh, yeah. Like every day we do a, we do a garden walk. So we walk around our house and, and look at our plants. And I've been, <laughs> no exaggeration, I've been to the garden store more than any other place during shelter in place. Same. Maybe aside from the grocery store. I go to Home Depot for my plants because they're sure. cheap. Yeah. Um, but I've been there more than any other place. My therapist recommended every time I'm sad to buy a plant. So I have a lot of plants. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I have some selfish questions. Please. <laughs> How um, would you describe me to someone who doesn't know me? Huh it should not be this hard relax no <laughs> it actually be, because like i'm actually trying to th i'm trying to think of the right metaphor uh because because when i met you again it was it was via the recommendation of 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 a co-worker your friend and in the spirit of like hey like make connections build your network and I, I love people. I love making connections. So I went into it with like, hey, let's just see what this woman is about. And I was floored meeting you because it's like, it's one thing to be funny, but it's also a completely different thing to just be like alive and full of energy. So I guess I'd say electric, I'd say electric. Yeah. Add that to my resume. There you go. Capital E. <laughs> a coworker said it, so it counts. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. Just thinking about it, though, do you want to know how I would describe you? Sure. Um, deeply intellectual and personable. And you are one of the best people I know about checking in mm. and seeing how people are doing. Even if like the crazy part is like, we never worked together. Correct. <laughs> you know, like not one project. There's no reason for us to stay connected, keep up with each other, that kind of thing. Sure. And I just remember like, in the middle of the pandemic, I was doing poorly. Mm -hmm. And you called to check on me and I just started bawling. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> and I think our, I appreciate your friendship so much because there's very few dudes in my life who can just take me completely bawling. Sure. Um, and there's something about me that feels responsible to always show up as the funny one. Yeah, yeah. But I don't feel that way with you. Good, good. Um, well, wh why do you, can I ask you a question? Yeah, of course. So wh why do you think, 
why do you think the the men, the friendships you have can't take you balling? Why do you think they can't deal with that emotion? Um, I think it's because I show it so rarely mm. that they are caught off guard. Sure. You know, my guy friends have seen me go through some shit, but I think previously in my life, I've been like, I'm fine, fuck him, like, blah, 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 you know? When yeah. inside, I'm like, oh my God, my heart hurts. Sure, sure. <laughs> um, but I will say that's not true for all of my guy friends. Uh, one of my friends, Zach, I went through this really terrible breakup and he was like, I was supposed to go to dinner with him and his wife, but she had to work and he was like, all right, let's go. And I just like cried the entire dinner. Mm-hmm to the point where everyone around us thought he was breaking up with me at the dinner. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, goodness. (sighs) Yeah. So some can handle it. Why, why are you so good with it? What made you good with it? Because I cry a lot myself. um, Because I I'm someone whom for a long time was distant of my emotions, you know. Um, I am, I was born in, in West Africa. I grew up in New England in suburban Massachusetts. Uh, my father is an author, a minister, and a professor. Um, my mom is a force you know, so there were just all these factors in me, which definitely framed containment and order and discipline and being emotional, truthfully, really wasn't one as, as a child and as I've gotten older. And I think as I've had children, I've understood how really important it is to be in tune with everything you, everything you are. And therapy helped a lot and therapy changed my life. So I think I um, I understand, I understand life is hard. I understand that there are things out of our control that can drown us and can put us in dark places. And I think in our friendship, I also understand that there's like duality and complexity in everyone. So you can have like really traumatic and difficult things that have ex- you've experienced or that you're going through, but you can also be like really, really funny and have a lot of energy and have connection. Yeah. And um, I honestly I, feel like most people who are really funny had to be at some point in their life. Hmm. Hmm. So they had to be, they had to be funny or they had to have gone through something. They like, they just got to a point where they went through something so big that they had to laugh about it. And like, that was their coping mechanism of like, (laughs) okay, clearly I'm not in control. Uh, um, Like what, how is this even real? And I think I definitely used it as a defense mechanism, a coping mechanism, all of those things. But yeah, I find most comedians have some like very, very interesting backstories. I I, I think you're right. I think you're right. I think um, humor, as you know, has many, has many levels, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Has, has many levels, you know, and and when I talk about being hilarious in relationship to you, I'm actually not even referring to like jokes. I'm actually referring to um, delivery and like you're just your your witty perspective on things. And I and and when I say the word hilarious, it's not. Uh, I find it like enjoyable. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, like, it, like, not a show, but moreover, just like a way of being, which I find hilarious because it's uplifting and funny and positive. 
and I know that it comes from a place as you've outlined that like is charged by a lot of things but like this yeah. is life this is actually what this is about yeah yeah I think I don't know I feel like comedy comedy saved my ass mm. I think I was at a point where I was in a very, very suicidal place. Mm -hmm. And it was the first thing that I tried that was able to jolt me out of that. Sure. And if it was just for the minutes I was on stage or just for the minute that, you know, I was in a new group of people and I was cracking people up. It was, I don't know, it's like, it's the first time I felt like I had unique value. Interesting. And how wonderful that you found that. Yeah. How wonderful you found that. Because I'd argue there's a, there are a lot of us who are still trying to search for that unique value. Yeah. I always, I don't know about you, but when I was growing up, I always wanted to be a kid with the talent that could be showcased at a talent show. Hmm. And Interesting. And I'm not a talent show kind of person. Like I'm a, you got a meter. <laughs> 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 uh, well you know it's it's funny I was a kid who grew up with uh, talents that actually I tried to hide really why yeah uh oh gosh because at the time I didn't want to be classified as that person who did that thing so I played, I played a lot of sports. Soccer was the sport I played the most. Soccer was the sport that I played arguably the best. And, um, and was awarded and respected in the soccer circles for my talents. But funny enough, I, I actually tried to quit soccer in high school. Yeah. Uh, because I didn't want to be, frankly, the like black athlete you know i want to be an academic i want to be an artist i love music there are all these other things that i wanted to identify myself as but we learn really quickly that our passions are our passions our skills are our skills and there's nothing wrong to be, for being known for something that we can do well or that we can give and share with others and if only we figured out those things sooner yeah. <laughs> you know, and embraced them. <laughs> Where is that in the children's bookstore? <laughs> like, I'm so confused. Well, you know, it's it's funny when you, as someone with children, uh, I'm very aware of this this topic that we're talking about, and and my kids, to the point where we really encourage them to just do it all my daughter has way more confidence than i ever will um, and that confidence also can come across as arrogance and can come across as being a know-it-all and she's only seven <laughs> but i'd rather have a seven-year-old girl who thinks she can do and know everything versus a seven-year-old girl who doesn't want to be known for anything yep i think especially so. like a woman that's incredible. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, think, mm -hmm. I think my parents tried to make me feel that way, but for some reason, I just, I just never thought I had it. I never thought I was good enough. I was worth my difficulty. <laughs> <laughs> worth your degree of difficulty. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Y'all, this Try, is a yeah. black diamond. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to need two pairs of skis for this one. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it is, um, you know, <laughs> as, as a parent, like, you try and you go, oh, good luck. <laughs> and, like, and who she is, who both my children, our children are, and what they do we can only take a very, very small amount of credit from that, if anything at all, because they are their own people. Yes, we feed them. Yes, we keep them safe and all that jazz. But 
you know, like she's got to kind of do her thing. So as long as she's doing it without like running around with knives, then <laughs> like for now, I'm like, cool. Granted, she's seven. Ask me this question. Let's talk in like four years, you know, or five years when things change. How much has she changed over this past year? Just a year? A lot. A lot. Um, as we all have, frankly. Yeah. Regardless if we want to <laughs> believe it or not. But I, in fact, this afternoon, she, or sorry, this morning, she had a Zoom gym class. So like, I think every Wednesday at 1020, 10 or 15 or so kids jump onto the Zoom class and they're taught by, you know, a PE teacher in the, in the school district. And they, they jump around and they play games. And I was looking at her and I started to get emotional. And because on one hand, I felt so sad that look at what this time has reduced everything mm -hmm. too and yet a huge sense of pride and appreciation for her ability to adapt and to go to gym zoom class and for it to feel normal enough to keep going through with it yeah so so all that's to say like growing a lot you know like this she's supposed to be in school all kids are supposed to be in school and they're not really they're supposed to be with their peers and they're not and she gets up with a smile and a positive attitude and she endures and it's been hard and there are a lot of tears but she's grown a lot and i'm really and i'm really grateful for that oh i love that okay i can't believe i'm saying this but we're already nearing time and i like to <sighs> by asking everyone the same questions great okay what are three things that you're grateful for right now? This conversation, my family, and music. Yeah. Oh, by the way, everyone, Pash is amazing, amazing at putting together playlists. So I'll make very sure kind. And include his Spotify information so you guys can start to follow them. But <laughs> all, are, all are welcome. Yeah. All are welcome. They have gotten me through quarantine for sure. Um, okay. What's the best advice you've ever been given? That children are built for survival. Hmm. Who gave you that advice? My buddy, Mike Moran, who I am a dear friend of mine. I unfortunately don't see him enough, but before our first child was born, as one does, I was really nervous and I was concerned. I was like, I don't, I've never had a kid. I don't know what this is about. And he said, relax, man, children are built for survival. And what he meant or what I took that to mean was that <laughs> for the most part, we have a desire to live. Mm -hmm. And as corny as that sounds, when a child comes out, it is defenseless. And yes, there are situations in which that child suffers diseases and, and yes, that exists in the world. But also for the rest, you know, like they want to open their eyes and they want to be able to walk and they want to be able to eat and they want to be able to jump off of things and not die. And I just took it to mean, do what you need to do, but understand that your child is, is also committed to their survival as well. God, I love that. Really good advice. Um, when is the last time you shit your pants? <laughs> <laughs> like literally or like yeah. in joking? No, literally. literally. Yeah. Uh, fourth grade. No, you haven't done it as an adult? No. Oh my God. No. Grow up, live a little. I, I clearly. Clearly. <laughs> my life is not nearly as exciting or dangerous or fear-inducing. <laughs> happened in fourth grade? Fourth grade. Here's the story to end on. Fourth grade, I got really, I got a stomach bug in the middle of the night. And in this house, in the house we were living in, all of our rooms were on the same floor. And I came out of my bedroom 
and I there was like a little landing at the end of the steps in between all the rooms and I couldn't make it to the bathroom and my stomach was just like was in knots so in the middle of the night I start like yelling out to my parents like help my stomach's hurting and my brother who's two years younger than I am whom I love dearly uh opened up his door and just looked at me <laughs> and I think just like laughed and as I'm like yelling out to my parents, like, help, my stomach is hurting. I relieved myself on the floor, all over my legs, to which I think my brother just looked at me, shook his head and closed the door. Back <laughs> into his room. And my parents had to pick me off. And like, this is fourth grade. So I'm not a, like, I'm not a child. Like I'm a, a big enough young kid. And my dad had to wash me off in the bathroom. I remember this like yesterday. And to this day, my brother will be like, hey, Pash, remember when you were uh, begging for help and you crapped on yourself? I do. And yeah. That That's the it. wildest thing about families is like the family you grew up with basically still has it in your head that you're that person you're exactly right and so they're like they bring up stuff and you're like okay i actually clean my room now so <laughs> it's like weird that you guys exactly. keep bringing it up exactly i have i have a lot and when you have siblings they are definitely uh <clears throat> holders of the archive <laughs> My whole family is like that. It's like when we get around them, they're like, do you remember the time? I'm like, yeah, I fucking am trying to forget it. But <laughs> you guys keep bringing it up. Correct. <laughs> Correct. I wouldn't if you wouldn't talk about it every time we were at dinner. Yeah. 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 But it's never what? like, oh, do you remember that time where you were so sweet and successful? Of course, it's never the positive <laughs> stuff. Yeah. Remember when you were awesome there? Yeah, I'm waiting for that conversation. Yeah. What are three things that you're proud or um, grateful for? Right now, I am super grateful for my sobriety. I, oh, my. Yeah. I am really grateful to be living this close to the beach. Um, there's just something really powerful about standing next to such a big body of water and feeling so small and like I think I just constantly need to be reminded that like nobody cares mm. nobody cares what I do nobody cares if I fuck up a ton no like no one cares everyone's so focused on themselves and their own concerns and worries that like mm. What am I so worried about? Sure. I think it's a, it's a great question to ask ourselves um, on a regular basis. And I'm super grateful for this podcast because it's just like forcing me to sit down and have the conversations I already want to have. Mm -hmm. But I'm, awesome. I can become so such a re recluse sometimes like if my depression starts to kick in or anxiety or whatever i can just isolate like nobody's business sure even though i know <laughs> the thing that's going to help me <laughs> is to the exact opposite out. sure 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 but in the well, moment i'm like i don't know guys great british bake-off could just watch 10 episodes of i mean it's a good show Solid. Like it's it, it's a good show, so I'm with you there, but I'm but happy to hear that. You can't watch it while you're on a diet. Just pro tip. I believe that. <laughs> I believe that. Thankfully, I'm not on a diet, so. But I yeah I I believe that that makes sense. <sighs> okay, what is one thing most people don't know about you? I'm terrified of heights. Oh. Like, here's a question I have. For people who are terrified of heights, mm -hmm. is it literally any height or does it get to a certain height and then you're like, game over? That's a great question. That is a great question. Uh, for me, there are quirks to it. The quirks are, for instance, when I fly, I need to sit by the window because I need to look out. 
I have to look out because I need to see the ground. I find flying unnatural and I find flying an incredible feat of engineering and incredibly unnatural. <laughs> um, yeah. But so I need to, I need to look out, out the window, but for instance, you know, like <laughs> here's, here's an answer. Uh, you remember the office that we worked in? Yes. Um, and I sat on the 24th floor, I think, between 24 and blah, blah. But the building went up to, I think, 33 floors. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't go to meetings above the 27th floor because I was terrified sitting in the meetings and being able to see out the window. Interesting. Yeah. But it's, su it's such a weird quirk that in an airplane, you actually did need to see it. Yes, but I think that's about seeing the ground and also seeing, not feeling, it's probably claustrophobia to tell you the truth. Yeah, that's fair. You know, so I, I need to see out, sit out. I need to see outside, but you know, the malls, I mean, are those things anymore? <laughs> but you know, like the mall elevators, the glass elevators that like go up the three floors terrify me what do you do like stand with your back uh -huh. facing it uh -huh. yeah you're smart <laughs> I, <laughs> I have a i have a fear of flying as well i was on a flight once where the airbags dropped down and they told everyone to put the mask on and you know i was praying to every deity i'd ever heard of yeah and from then on, I just got like this mad anxiety before flying. Hmm. So then I started doing this thing that no matter what time of day it was, I would just drink before the flight. Yeah, yeah. That, was, uh... that just makes you really dizzy while you're up <laughs> and flying. Oh, there's nothing worse than being on a plane and like wanting to get off. Uh, I'm someone I used to, I commuted between here and Oregon for almost a year. So almost every weekend I was on a flight. And so I'm used to it, but there have been a handful of times, one recently where for whatever reason I was on a flight and wanted to get off. And it was hour two of a six hour flight. <laughs> that's a hard time that's that a hard time the worst i have that yeah. feeling a lot and it's just mainly like after a weekend trip sure it's been long and like seeing people the entire time and all i want is to get home and i just realize how still far away i am <laughs> what's something about you that people wouldn't know you have a podcast now now is the time um okay what is one thing about me most people don't know interesting i guess i should have thought of responses for my own questions <laughs> <laughs> um i think most people don't know how sensitive i am hmm and that surprises me how personal that I can tend to take things and feedback or like I just like remember things that people told me in high school yep and, I know the feeling yep and I think for most people I come off as like haha joking around everything slides off my back um and I'll laugh in the moment <laughs> <laughs> But then I'll go home and cry about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I would I, say, like, I'm a sensitive comic. <laughs> <laughs> Fascinating. Yeah. Fascinating. Okay. Last question for you. Wonderful. Why am I single? There are... There are people out there whom are special. And one of the hard things about being special is that it can be one foreign to a lot of people. It can also be hard to manage and hard to understand. 
and I think you being sig- you being sig- single is actually not a reflection of you at all. It's much more a reflection of the universe and of people not really being ready for the magic. But it's a matter of time if you so choose to not be single. It's a matter of time. Yeah. And um, I think that's fair. I think I this past year I had to be single. Sure. Sure. I think you know getting sober is not a teen sport. Mm-hmm. Agreed. You need other people. You need fans, but you don't need other players. Yeah, you need like experts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's done and to ask questions and all of those kinds of things. But like, I was changing so much and my view of myself was changing so much. I, it would have been impossible to play catch up with somebody else. Mm-hmm. And constantly mm-hmm. be like, oh, you know that thing I said a week ago? Eh, no longer. Sure. And what I will say, I think relationship or not, it doesn't matter. I think I'm in a better place than I've ever been because the first time in my life I can actually look in the mirror and be like, I really fucking like this person. How wonderful. Yeah. How wonderful. Yes, I am so grateful for that. It's like, it sounds so cheesy, but at the same time, that change changed everything else around it. Mm-hmm. And saying no became easier. Mm-hmm. Drawing boundaries, saying yes, all of that, like just everything provided a lot more clarity. Well, I commend you because that is, that's hard. That's, it's, it's really, really hard. And to be so insightful and honest with yourself about that journey, um, to ask yourself the questions you're asking yourself are fantastic. And (laughs) as you already know as you already know uh due to your frequent trips on the bar um you know the universe is like the universe listens i believe in the universe yeah the universe listens and the work that you're doing right now is instrumental to the foundation of your future regardless of that's with a partner or not you know, yeah. like partners are extremely convenient. That's true. Uh, but I hope Connor is not listening to that. <laughs> she knows, she knows that. She knows that. Um, but I'm, I'm excited for you. I'm excited for you and everything else that is, is ahead. Because now that you're in this position, pff, watch out. There's only forward from here. These hoes better watch out. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, goodness. Pash, do you have any friends that you'd like to give a plug to that are making things, doing things that you're proud of? Uh, Stephanie Foster. (laughs) Uh, Check out her podcast. And whenever she does stand up via all the social media channels. Um shout out to my people doing the real work in the streets yep Uh, shout out there to the the parents who are enduring and shout out to the single people who may be lonely and looking for connection yeah straight up i uh i'm rooting for everyone yeah i love that any last parting words before i let you go thank you so much for thinking of me and for this conversation, as always, it's a real treat to connect with you and to laugh and to share my two cents. And, you know, I'm always rooting for you because as I said, you're hilarious. And who doesn't want Stephanie to win? (laughs) 
Now Stephanie wants Stephanie to win. So. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Once Stephanie wants Stephanie to win, it's case closed. Yeah. No, I so appreciate your support and your view on things. I just, I feel immensely lucky that our friend Kendall connected us. Yes. Thank you, Kendall. Shout out to Kendall. Hey, dog. We love you. Okay. Never. Thanks for your right. time, Pash. Thank you. Bye. All the best. Peace.